0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I had not intended to start this way, but I've been inspired by Reverend William's reading this morning to just acknowledge something that really resonated for me. I mean, it was really the tone of his reading, which is this idea that when we get conformed to the limitations of time, we forget who we are. Because we perceive ourselves as limited. When in fact, the truth of our beingness is unlimited. It is expansive. I would say it's expansively infinite, but you can't get more expansive than the infinite, so... It would be misuse of language, perhaps. I want you to just check in with yourself to really get a sense of the degree to which you feel infinite in nature. This is just an opportunity for a moment of perhaps quiet reflection. Because I can tell you where my mind goes a little bit with that. But if I ask myself that question, I can very easily count the ways in which I find myself limited. And yet part of what we teach here is to open ourselves up to a greater understanding of our infinite nature that we are not just relegated to have a short experience on this plane of action, that the nature of our beingness continues on and on and on infinitely. Just check in with yourself to determine if you can understand. I mean, the thing is, it's beyond understanding. It's beyond, like, there's an infinite... Like, we can't really comprehend the infinite, right? We just can't comprehend the infinite. I certainly can't because I can still look and say, well, the universe is the infinite, but I still perceive an edge to it. I still perceive an edge to it. And so I don't think we can truly comprehend the infinite, but we can, we can talk about it a lot. We are infinite. Do you believe you are infinite? Yes. yes. And the rest of you? The nature of our beingness, because sometimes we, we, I often say beingness, because oftentimes we get confused by thinking that our being is our being, our physical manifestation. So I like to talk about our beingness, the inherent, the inherent idea behind our physical manifestation. So our beingness is inherently whole; it is inherently whole, but we forget that sometimes. Charles Fillmore, in The Revealing Word, which is basically a dictionary of terms, defines wholeness in this way. The perfect unification and expression of human beings as spirit, soul, and body. True healing means to make whole. It is brought about by regeneration. The perfect unification and expression of human beings as spirit, soul, and body. True healing means to make whole. It is brought about by regeneration. When, when he wrote that, I think there was still a hint of limitation in the physical expression that pervades that definition. And I think that we can understand that we collectively have evolved. You know, when we talk about the healing candle... I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to put it over here because I want us to really consider healing today. When we talk about the healing candle, we explain it as the revelation of the divine, the divine energy at the core of all experience, of all circumstances. At the core of all of it is God, is the divine, is this creative infinite source so when he says the perfect unification and expression of human beings as spirit, soul, and body, I think that we have evolved in our understanding to stop trying to unify with something because to unify with something is to say it is out there and I am going to now unify with it. What I have come to understand is that it is far more. I have found it far more powerful for myself, and I invite you to consider this for yourself, to identify myself as spirit, soul, and body. One harmonious whole. One harmonious whole. True healing means to make whole. There's nothing to be made whole if we know, fundamentally, we are already whole. So true healing for me is the revelation of the wholeness. It's the revelation of the wholeness in the expression and experience of our lives. And then he says, it is brought about by regeneration. Regeneration. Boy, you got to use these words, don't you, Charlie? I don't know if anyone ever called him Charlie. I'm looking at other ministers in the room like, I, that just came out. But I think from now on, you know, Ernest Holmes, would, Ernest Holmes is okay with being called Ernie. So I'm going to call Charles Fillmore Charlie. It's all good. I'm sure he's having a good laugh wherever he is. So he defines regeneration in this manner, a change in which abundant spiritual life is incorporated into the body. And again, I think that we collectively have evolved through that understanding, because for me, what is there to regenerate except to understand the truth of our being? I'm not incorporating infinite spiritual life into my body. My body is the reflection of infinite spiritual life. It is abundant by nature, and it is whole in its perfection, even if I see things in the physical expression that sometimes don't feel so good or seem to me to be limited or not whole. The fundamental truth is wholeness. One of my favorites... One of my favorites, Uh, I read a book when I was studying to become first a practitioner in Centers for Spiritual Living, and one of the books that we had to study was Practicing the Presence by Joel Goldsmith, and I'm now name checking that book and thinking we probably don't have it in our bookstore, carry him on. It's hard to get now, I think. Uh, I think it's out of print, but we'll try, because now that I'm name checking it. Joel Goldsmith wrote this in Practicing the Presence. I love this book, and I uh, I love this man's mind. He wrote this, God is never absent from us. God is never absent from us, except in our belief that there are two powers. Except in our fear of other powers which we have set up in our mind. God is never absent from us except in our belief that there are two powers, except in our fear of other powers which we have set up in our mind. One of the paths of study is in identifying the mystics of the ages. It's part of the study that we do when we become ministers in this new thought philosophy. No matter what path you've taken to get there, we always talk about the mystics. The mystics, oh, they must have had such amazing insight. We, we revere them and we start to put them up on a pedestal. Oh, the mystics, the Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Moses. We put them up there as though they are something separate from us or somehow different from us. They are no different from us. And across the board, that's what they were teaching. They are no different from us. We are all mystics. We are all mystics. I love that. Sherry says, "Yes." yes! We are all mystics. The thing is, I think we've just forgotten. And so we mystify ourselves into a belief that we are limited. But mystics understand and they perceive the wholeness. And they move through life as an expression of wholeness. If I were to ask you, and this is a rhetorical question, if I were to ask you, how are you doing in your own life, moving forward with your own understanding as infinite wholeness, how might that question be answered in your mind? Do you choose to see skies of blue and clouds of white? Do you choose to approach and see this as a wonderful world? Because that's a choice. And if we see it any other way, that is a reflection of something within that is going to then allow our experience to be in alignment with that which is within. It, to see this as a wonderful world is A reflection of the deep inner sense of life and unity with and as the wholeness. But we spend a lot of time convincing ourselves otherwise. And I'm done with that. I'm just done with it. I am just done with it. Our work in this philosophy, and this is the encouragement, our work in this philosophy is to make the mystical practical. Because there is absolutely no difference in your healing capacity than any other mystic. We often look to Jesus and say, Jesus, he healed just by his presence. No, he didn't. People are going to be like, what? (laughs) Jesus didn't heal by his presence. Jesus would have said, it is by your belief that you are healed. He was, a remind, he was there to serve as a reminder to each and every one of us that our belief is what constitutes the path to the healing expressed form. We must make the mystical practical. Now, the way we do that, I got called out this week. <sighs> And, there's, and the, person who's, who, the person who offered this reflection to me, I have taken it into my heart, and I have considered it, and I want to offer this publicly because I think this is a good reminder to each and every one of us. I very frequently get up here and say, this philosophy is work, right? You've heard me say that before, right? Yeah. This philosophy is work. This philosophy is work. Work, work, work. Until it's what, William? until it's not. Now, I want to be very clear that I have never gotten up here and said this philosophy is toil. Toil? I've never said it's hard work. You get to decide how hard the work is. You get to decide if you fight against the work. You get to decide your approach to doing the work. You can decide to let the work be joyful. You can decide to let the work be playful. You can decide to allow yourself to go on the journey. And I was about to skip and just skip through and say, yes, I know who I am. And I'm going to love it every bit of the way of my journey. It doesn't have to be hard. For me, the work has been a journey of joy. It's been a journey of joy, and it has made my life better. And I have committed myself to the work. And I'll just invite you to look at and reflect in this moment on whether you have perhaps a belief that the work of fundamental spiritual transformation is hard. Just check in. And then maybe say to yourself, wow, if that's my belief, I might be able to change that. Because then here's the question. Do you believe that you can change your beliefs? That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) And I just say that it's going to be a rhetorical question because my perception is that it's going to be about 50-50. Because I have a lot of conversations with every single one of you. (laughs) And I hear, I mean, I hear what you say to me. And I know that there are some people who perhaps are finding it a little more challenging in the expression of their lives to do the work than others. Some people find it rather easy. But you can decide for the work to be easeful, joyful, graceful, playful, whatever fullness you want to bring to it. You get to decide that. In The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, there's a sentence that he wrote that has stuck with me since I first read it almost 20 years ago. And he wrote this. He said, There is no process of healing. There is no process of healing, but there is a process in healing. There is no process of healing, but there is a process in healing. What he meant by that was to say that once we fundamentally know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, healing is assured and it is instantaneous because there is no time. The process in healing, the process in revealing the wholeness, is the time and the effort that we, go, that we undergo in our own realization of that truth. In realization in opening up to realizing the truth of our being, our inherent fullness is fully demonstrated. That's why every time we state the mission statement, love only, forgive everything, remember who you are, the most powerful part of that statement for me is remember who you are. Remember who you are. When you realize the truth of who you are, and you allow that to inform every aspect of your life, then inherent wholeness is fully demonstrated. There are methods to develop our minds into that realization of wholeness. Those methods of realization are, well, you're here, welcome to Sunday morning, where you're going to get reminded of it every week. Every single week. And I like to joke, I know you've heard this joke, that the joke about ministry is that we are saying the same thing every week, just finding 52 new ways of saying it every year. (laughs) Other ways of realization, of that path to realization, are by taking classes. Classes. You know, we offer an educational calendar here. We're about to publish the calendar for this year's classes that are upcoming. Uh, This week, we're going to publish that calendar. There are workshops that we offer here. There's opportunities to get out of the perception of physical limitation and move the body, which can be just as effective in realizing your wholeness as any other book study by the transcendence or or we're about to start offering uh, an evening we are going to call Soul Flow, which is vinyasa yoga and dance together. There are ways of participating that will open up the sensation to wholeness. Classes, workshops, seminars, doing the homework every week. I give you homework every week. That is a way that I am inviting us all to make the mystical practical. Affirmative prayer. That's a practice. That is a practice of making the mystical practical meditation. Ultimately, what I'm talking about is spiritual practice. Spiritual practice. No class or workshop or seminar or prayer, not even the homework, will do anything without releasing mental contradiction, though. Doesn't matter how much you think it, if the belief contradicts the thought, what is going to play out in your life is the belief. And so that's why a couple of weeks ago I mentioned, I said, if you state something out loud, if you express a thought out loud, check in with what's happening in the back of your mind, because that's the belief. Most likely, that small voice in the back of your mind may be contradicting what it is you're saying out loud. That's what's operating in your life. I am magnificent. No, you're not. Anyone get that? I have. There are days, you know, and there are days still when I go out and I'm like, yes, I'm going to affirm my magnificence. I am magnificent. No, you're not. What? But I am. No, you're not. Look at all of these things that prove to you that you're not magnificent. Oh, I see what you're trying to do, little belief system. You're trying to get me to associate myself with the circumstances of my life. But that's not the truth of my being. And if I make a new decision and fully, fully accept my magnificence, those circumstances change. That's the way this stuff works. That is how we make the mystical practical. The response, thank you. The responsibility, and I do break that up because it is our responsibility. The responsibility is a personal journey for each and every one of us. We are all on this path because we've chosen to show up in this thing called life. And the way to develop a technique in this, because you can master affirmative prayer. You can master meditation if you have the willingness to do the playful work, the joyful work, the graceful work into that mastery. But here's the thing about that too. Technique is anything that works. If meditation doesn't work for you, if you have truly given over to develop the practice of meditation and you find it doesn't work for you, or you find it no longer works for you, you get to develop a new technique. You get to decide how to approach this thing called life. Master the technique that works for you and then let it go to go live it. The most magnificent, I'm gonna talk about performers for a second because of course you know that's my background. I don't know what that was. (laughs) I want to talk about ballet for a second. Remember we had to take ballet class? (laughs) So I have such tremendous respect for ballet dancers because of the work that they do that goes into the development of their technique. It is unbelievable what they do. To develop a technique to ensure that when it is their time to perform, they can rely on the technique and not think about it anymore. That's what I'm looking for us each to get to. To develop a technique that is so fundamentally part of who we are that we just accept it without question and our lives flow forth accordingly. Are we there yet? Of course your dog is. <laughs> I think we're all well on the path. So mastering, mastering technique, mastering technique is the building up of acceptance. The acceptance. Once you realize your completeness, your completeness expresses in form. Once you realize it, and it is fundamentally shifted and become your grounded core belief, the premise from which all things flow forth, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's just going to express. Now, we can work really hard in reflection, or we can work really hard in morbid reflection. (laughs) That reflection, we're like, i got to get in there and do the work. Don't do that. (laughs) Just don't. How do we know whether it's working? The clues, for me, are in the conditions of our lives. If there is something that is fundamentally a trip up in my life, then it says to me, there's work to be done. (sighs) Because here's the thing, too. Our minds don't know the difference between yes and no. The infinite consciousness doesn't know the difference between yes and no. It only knows yes. And so we can morbidly reflect on the things we don't want. I don't want to experience a life of lack anymore. And the consciousness is saying, I hear you talking about lack, and I'm going to give you more opportunity to consider that you don't want to live in a consciousness of lack anymore. And so it is a training into a technique of mind that says, I know the truth of my being is infinite wholeness infinite prosperity, embodying that belief. And the universe says, yes. The consciousness says, yes, okay, here you are. Dr. Frank Richelieu was uh, a significant minister in the Centers for Spiritual Living paradigm And I heard him speak, he was in his 90s, I heard him speak at a conference in Chicago in 2010. He made his transition in 2020. His teacher was Ernest Holmes, who was the founder of the Religious Science, the Science of Mind, the Centers for Spiritual Living. And Dr. Frank worked as Ernest Holmes' assistant, at the First Church of Religious Science in Los Angeles, which is in Korea, it's in Koreatown. It was basically the church that Ernest Holmes built. He literally, there are pictures of him with a shovel out there breaking the ground, right, Ernest Holmes. So Frank Richelieu was Ernest Holmes' assistant for a time. And one day he was at the First Church and he grabbed a tissue box because he was feeling under the weather and he was walking around with the tissue box and he grabbed the tissue and he's like, you know, he's blowing his nose. And, and Ernest Holmes from inside his office yells out into the hallway as Frank is passing by Is it going to be one tissue or the whole box? <laughs> as a reminder that we are rooted in the healing of the physical from the point of view of the consciousness. And that. An embodied change in belief is the thing that would have healed the physical experience and expression of a cold. Is it going to be one tissue or the whole box? We could ask ourselves that question about almost anything in our lives. Am I willing to continue to go down this path of consideration of limitation or am I willing to open myself up to a great, greater understanding of my wholeness? So, what I want to leave you with today is this, is a, are a few questions. How, how do you choose to move forward? How do you choose to construct your life? How can you step more into making the mystical Practical. How might you realize your wholeness in this moment, irrespective of what has preceded it, in this moment more than ever before? Is it going to be one tissue or the whole box? Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. And so, to make the mystical practical, here is the homework what I am inviting us all into this week is this. I would like us all to reflect on some parts of our lives that we would like to transform. There are are things in my life I still want to transform. I don't know about you. And if there are no parts of your life that you want to transform, well, then I will sit there and you can be up here next week. (laughs) Here's the thing about it. You 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 can have an awareness of what it is you would like to transform, but don't get morbid about it. Build up in mind, heart, and soul using whatever technique that works, a realization of your wholeness. I'm going to say that again. Build up in mind, heart, and soul using whatever technique that works, a realization of your wholeness. Let your guidance be rooted in the sense of wholeness. My inherent nature is infinite wholeness no matter what. Every month, we give you a card with that month's affirmation on it. If you did not receive it, pick them up. They're all over the place. Carry that card with you and let that be a reminder throughout this week and this entire month. My inherent nature is infinite wholeness no matter what. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.